I understand what that song means now. I gotta go back and listen to that song. See, I ain't understand the song. We sing songs, don't even understand. I'm telling you, Zion is calling hit different when you actually move into a higher place. It hit different. We exalt the hit different when you actually exalt God. This is another episode of Real Church Matters. Forest Hall. And this Real Church Matters because we discuss Real Church Matters because Real Church Matters. I'm happy to be here again with you for episode 145. It's always a blessing. I can't deny it. I hope it's a blessing to you. Shout out to the usual suspects each and every person that comes and listens I got a solid group of people that listen so you guys are the reason why I do it you're the reason why I continue to share because at the beginning for all of this all I could hear in my head was amplify amplify the signal get it to as many people as you can Talk to as many people as you can. Reach as many people as you can. And I'm doing it. Going in places that I never thought. When I look at the analytics, I look at the people that are listening. I see where they're listening at. We're not even... I don't even have a passport. I haven't been outside of the United States. But my voice has. And God's word has. And that's awesome. All right, uh, housekeeping, realchurchmatters.com. You know, wherever you stream at. So, like, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that. I appreciate it. Um, Yeah. Also, I have an album that has been out for a couple months now. It's called Separation Anxiety. You can search for it. um, Just put FSH. The artist name that I go by, but you put FSH separation anxiety, you'll get the six songs and hear what was on my heart about seven years ago. <laughs> I think it's one recent song on there, but most of it is quite some time ago. But um, yeah, they they last. What else? Uh, yeah, obedience over audience. Always and every day, you know how people nowadays is like they just blurt out Black Lives Matter for like no reason everywhere all the time. Yeah, so I, um, yeah, obedience over audience forever and always. Let's get into it, man. <sighs> Episode 145. So grateful. Shout out to Philip. I just got off the phone with Philip. And uh, awesome conversation. And he'll, I told him, like, we, we about to get back in. I just needed to share a few things. And one of, today is one of those things. I had a conversation with somebody and what I was, uh, what we talked about, I felt needed to be discussed further and share it with you. So um, sometimes people go through things. And I think it's important that we understand 
And I don't want to slow walk this thing. I want to come out and just like say it. It's important that we understand that we are very much a part of what we're in. We're very much um, responsible. And so today I'm just talking about free will. And so a lot of times people look at the situations they're in and they say, you know, God got me going through this. God got me going through that. And I want you to understand something. God doesn't have you going through anything. And I want you to understand it in this clear way. And I want to make sure I said this clearly. So I have this written down and I want God allows it because of free will. So I want you to understand God has allowed or is allowing something in your life, not because of him. He is allowing it because of you. God allows it. Yes. He allowed you to, you know, deal in the situations that you're going through. But how God allows it is where we have a misunderstanding. God allows it because of free will. He allows us the ability to choose what we do. Even the choice to follow him and obey him is one propelled by free will. It's important to him because free will is the greatest indicator of one's heart. And so when one bends its will to God's will, then he knows you love him. Bible says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. I know you love me because you could obey yourself because you have the free will to do so. But instead, you bend your will to obey me. That's why Jesus was in the garden and he said, uh, not my will, but thy will be done. In a moment of free will, he freely bent his will back to God's, his father. That's why he's our perfect example. He is in a position where he constantly was bending his will to God freely. I want you to understand that freely. Sometimes, you know, even I get in a situation where I'm like telling people like, I had no choice but to serve God. I had no choice but to give into his will. But that wasn't because I was under a power outside of my own. It was because he influenced or gave me an understanding that influenced my free will. That's why it's important for us to teach, because we're teaching things to give people insight. So these words and these Ideas and these things that come from the word of God, they start to influence our free will. And then before long, we relinquish and yield our free will to God's will. Because as my nephew so eloquently said one day, it is better to be free from sin than to be free from God. I had to make sure I said it right. Shout out to Solomon. I love you. I love you. I love you. That young man is going to exceed every generation before. And and free will is one of those things where I am allowed the ability to choose what I do. Essentially, this ties God's hands from interfering with our decisions. It doesn't tie his hands from influencing our decisions, it ties his hands from interfering. He's not going to stop you from doing 
what you want to do. It's not. If you want to do it, that choice has been made. But I promise you that God has been constantly trying to influence what you do. Not stop what you do, but influence what you do. Kind of look at it this way. You know how right now they're trying to legislate a bunch of things to stop people from doing things that uh, we as Christians, but also the evangelicals view as immoral. So I don't believe in abortion, but I don't believe in it being legislated because then that removes free will, something that God has given us inalienably. And so uh, we have to be careful to understand how God works. And when I hear people say, and I had a specific conversation with someone, but I'm sharing, you know, what came out of that conversation because it was very helpful. I believe it was very helpful to them. And I, I think it'd be helpful to you is that you understand that God does not interfere with your decisions, though he does influence them when you yield to his way. Why is this important? Because in spite of our decisions, God has mercy on us to not feel the full weight of our decisions. So I'm telling you this because there are times where we look at our situation and say, look what I look what I'm in. And yeah, you might have spent your money wrong and found yourself evicted or you might have you might have said something out your mouth and found found yourself fired from your job. Yeah, there's consequences for what you did under your own free will. But I promise you, you're not really you're not really experiencing the weight of your decision. Because oftentimes God has mercy on us. There have been many a times before I even yielded my life and my mind to the ways of God that I had I made decisions, did things, said things that put me in tough positions. But in hindsight, I understand I did not receive the full weight of my decision. Another reason this is important is because it is our present and future decisions that will put us in a better place. And I know there's a ton of people who are dealing in situations where right now you feel like I'm I'm struggling. You may have always been struggling. A lot of times, even looking at generationally, we come from long lines of struggle. And so those are that is culture. That is uh, that is customs. That is belief systems. Those are passed down generation to generation. And. You can be struggling to try to get out of it. But in order for you to remove yourself from generations worth of bad decisions, generations worth of twisted thinking and perverted ideologies, you have to start on a path of different decisions. The decisions that got your family in the mess won't be the decisions that get you out of it. You got to make better decisions. I'm not talking about deciding to pray. I'm talking about deciding to allow prayer to influence your decisions. I'm not talking about deciding to read the word. I'm talking about deciding to allow the word that you read to influence your decisions. There are people who are not making enough money. You work in a job that does not provide you with enough money. I promise you, 
you have to make a decision. You are faced with an issue where I work somewhere. I work all day. The money that I get is not enough to sustain the cost of living. It, now, sustaining the cost of living is not the same as sustaining the cost of your spending habits. We're talking about sustaining the cost of living. If you understand it, that's the situation. You have to make a decision at that point. You can't sit there and say, I have decided to trust in Jesus. That's not trusting in Jesus. Deciding to trust in Jesus is to allow the trust in God and what he said in his word to influence your decisions. Peter said, bid me to come across the water. Jesus said, you are bid to come. He had to still make a decision. You could hear all day that God's Jesus said, sir, you have access. You have access to come and you also have have been given the the power to come. Come on. Now, if Peter never makes a step, he he has to let those words from Christ influence his decision to not stay in the boat in fear, but to walk out of the boat in courage and faith. That is the decision that was made. And every step uh, following that is based on a decision influenced by a certain mindset. So we're no different than Peter when you're in these situations. We can't just throw this trust in God blanket on it. Trust in God is digested into decisions. Amen. When we eat the word, it provides us a nutrient, a sustainable energy that allows us to do. And so when you eat the word, the word of God, it gives you. A sustainable energy that is digested and metabolized as energy that allows you to do. You don't want energy just to sit. God, God's word is digested to energy so that you can do. Do what? Do according to the word of God. That's when you your God influenced decisions is another word or another saying for obedience. It is these Decisions that will put me in a better place. It is these decisions that will get me out of a dead end job or a dead end situation. It'll get me out of uh, a, a mental instability. It'll get me out of depression. It's decisions, decisions, decisions. Not you woke up and I decided to go to church, but I decided to go to church and then hear the word and leave church and allow what I heard in church to influence my decisions. I'm trying to walk you through this. I'm trying to walk you through this. Is another another understanding is that it does not mean that we don't need God. It should help us understand where we need him. I want you to understand you will always need God, but you don't know where you need him at. You need him in your decision making process. You don't need him in your bill paying process. You don't need him in your house buying process. You don't need him in your car buying process. You need him in your decision making process. 
how I'm how did I even get to the dealership? What what is what is influencing these decisions? If it's my desires, then I'm operating in an incorrect way. I can find myself in a bad situation. I could find myself paying six hundred dollars for a car where only uh, with with an interest rate of twenty to twenty five percent, where most of that uh, six hundred dollars is not even going towards the principal. And so it's like I'm swimming or paddling or rowing a boat with a with a hole in the boat. And it's important that we understand like where I need him is at the root before I ever do anything. I need him in deciding what I do. You guys, many of you are including God in the finished product instead of in the creation, the ideation of that product. You can't include, you can, you can say, Lord, help me, but you are not maximizing the benefits of being a Christian when you only call out to God after you fall on your face instead of calling out to God to order your steps so you never stumble. Bible talks about us never stumbling. That's not what people talk about. We constantly are dealing with people who are constantly talking about stumbling. They're constantly talking about you don't understand what it's like. You don't understand what I'm going through. We all stumble. Listen, the Bible tells us that we are set up in an assured fashion. If we operate into this correctly, we never stumble. And we never stumble because before we ever take a step, God has already been influential in the processes of our minds. Say that again. God has already been influential in the processes of our minds before I ever did anything, before I ever made a move. I'm allowing him to be a part of the decision making process. When God influences your life, it is seen because you have allowed him to influence your decision making process. I I I see people making decisions during this COVID situation that are very selfish, that are very ignorant, that are very self-absorbed, that are very uh, in keeping with tradition and customs and beliefs and ideologies. I, When I see that, I see a lack of wisdom. A lot of people think they're wise because they can regurgitate information. Shout out to my nephew again. Regurgitating information is not what makes us wise. What makes us wise is when we allow that information to influence our decision-making processes and our perspectives. That's where I'm telling you right now, we got to know where we need God. That's where you know where you need God when you understand where Solomon knew where he needed God. He said, hey, hey, you can have whatever you like, Solomon. And Solomon, King Solomon said, give me wisdom. What he was saying was, I, I want you in the place that matters most. I don't want you at the end when I see the water is dirty and I want you to clean it. I see you at the beginning where I suss clean water from a source. I want to start with clean water. I don't want to work with clean water and then say, hey, 
this water is dirty. Something's wrong. We want God at the beginning of the assembly line. Matter of fact, we do, we want him before we even assemble. We want God in research and development. We want him in the room where the ideas are being created, where the devising is happening, where the conclusions are being made, where we're arriving to conclusions. I don't want to drive the car in our arriving to a conclusion. I want to be on a passenger side where God is in the driver's seat and he arrives to a conclusion that both of us understand and I walk in willingly. That's what makes it free will. It's the reason why you're supposed to give freely and willingly. It's supposed to be according to your free will. When people manipulate you to feel like you have no choice. When you are locked in a church and they say from the 10th offering, they keep telling you we ain't stopping until we get the money. Now it's a stick up. Now it's not about free will. Now people are being pressured. That's not God. He will never pressure you. He will never scream driver's seat. He will he will never wait for you to scream shotgun. He will wait for you to say, Lord, take the wheel. Take the wheel. Here's a perfect example. There's times where we ask people for help. And in asking people for help, sometimes they'll come. And if we're not clear about where we need their help, they will just start grabbing and doing things. And you're like, well, I didn't need you in that regard. If I asked you to come and help me cook, I didn't need you to start throwing things, ingredients, new ingredients in the bowl. I might have just asked you to come and chop up some vegetables or something like that. I might ask you to do anything. But when I ask for your help, I have to be clear about what and where I need you. And when you hear people's prayers, they're asking for God after the fact instead of before the fact. We have to understand where we need him, where we need him. Do you know where you need God? I'm telling you, we better take a note from Solomon. We need him at the root of the matter in our minds, in our decision making process. Like I said, God doesn't interfere with our decisions. But if we make the decision to obey his word, we allow him to influence our decisions. I'm going to say that one more time. God doesn't interfere with our decisions. But if we make the decision to obey his word, we allow him to influence our decisions. Scriptures that go with this are many, but I want to focus on one that's very important. And that's Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. We understand Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding and all thy ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct your path. And so at the end of the day, once we decide, hey, I want God involved in the decision making process. Somebody's going to say how. And then Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 tells us how very explicitly, very clearly. Let's have some fun. The first thing is trusting him in order for us to experience this God that is in our decision making process. We have to trust what he says. 
if you're sitting in a group and we hate group projects because everybody has an opinion of how something should be approached. And the more people in this group, the harder it is to come to an all agreement. And so a lot of people get frustrated and say, you know, he, he want to do it that way. I don't see how we should do it that way. Well, you're not even listening to me. I think this is the best way. Somebody has to actually yield. And yielding can be synonymous with trust. When I give something over to you, it's because I trust you in some regard, in some degree. There's a um, software. It, um, I, I, I produce music. And there was a software that I always used to bootleg. Used to bootleg it. That means that I used to, excuse me, um, I used to pirate the software. And in pirating the software, sometimes it would work for me, sometimes it wouldn't. But I, I got to the point where I understood how powerful this software was, how vital it was that I needed it to be reliable. And I trust I, I needed it. So when I looked at the price, it was five hundred dollars. And I said, man, that's way too much money. But I knew that this was a vital part of my music creation process and I needed to make that investment. And so I did, not just because I kind of thought this might be a product I could use, but because I trusted it was what I needed. And so if you I love the way this, this scripture starts with trust, because if you don't start with trust, you won't bend your will to God's will. You won't willingly and freely allow him in your decision making process. You might allow him in your heart in some regard, but where it counts in that boardroom of your mind, that's where the the decision making process is the boardroom. Actually, I think I'm going to call this episode the boardroom because that's where it happens. A lot of people I always are talking about, oh, I'm worshiping God. I'm in the throne room. But but you, God loves when you inhabit the idea of praise. But in order for him to inhabit you, he doesn't want you to in the throne room. He wants you to invite him in the boardroom, the place where decisions are made, not decision to grab a tambourine and sing a few songs, not the decision to join the choir Not the decision to stand up and clap and rock and dance during praise and worship service, but the decision to praise God with all of you. Even through your decision making, it's our job, it's our it's 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 important that we are are making decisions. And if we're making decisions, because let's take it back, even from a secular level. There are so many people who are indecisive. There's so many people who are wishy-washy on making decisions. Did you? It's no wonder why people don't go anywhere in life. But all I'm telling you is to take that a step further. The reason why you're indecisive, the reason why you are double-minded, as the scripture says, is because you don't trust God. You trust him now. And in one respect, I trust him enough to come to church, but I don't trust him enough to influence my decisions outside of those four walls. I trust him enough to stand 
in front of a bunch of people with a person that I say I love and get married in the eyes of God and make sure it's in a church and make sure I say vows and make sure I, I, I this this marriage is in a a secular or traditionalist way recognized and approved by God, but I don't allow God to influence my decisions in my marriage. In my marriage. You'll see people sit in counseling sessions and the counselor is like, hey, you know, I think we need to you guys need to hear each other out and be willing to trust one another and allow the one to to be involved in the decision making process. And that can be hard for people just in an interpersonal way. But I promise you, like your marriage will be better when you include God in your decision making process. And it's frustrating for people, especially people who are not Christians. When you see Christians say, I'm letting God lead us and they don't see anything. They don't see the process of it. So they just see you one day say, God told me to do this. And they like, well, why is he talking to you and not me? I'm very weary about weary and leery about people and their engagements with what God said. I want you to know that whatever the spirit expresses in you and whatever God expresses in you, it will always echo and reflect his very word that is in those pages that you can touch, feel and see and open up for your spouse and show them. And it will all line up. Because God needs us to see that. That's why he, he knows we're human. He knows we're trying to teach people. We're trying to help people. We can't just come up with stuff out of the side of our head. If it doesn't go, if it doesn't go with the word of God, it is not biblical. It is not godly. And it is not trusting in God. So the first thing is that we have to trust in him. Trust that he knows better. Say that again, because that's important that you guys understand. Trust that God knows better. Trust that he knows better. That's the only way you'll yield to it. Until you you get to that point, you'll always be double-minded. You'll be like, I know the Bible says love, but this person is very ignorant and mean, and they don't understand, and and they're they're tearing me down, and it's hard to love them. That's a person who's double-minded because you you know enough of God to know his word, but not enough, don't trust him enough to allow his word to influence your decisions. So that's why you make the decision to cuss that person out. That's why you make the decision. It's not that you need to deal with cussing. You need to deal with trusting. It's not that you need to deal with uh, lust. It's that you need to deal with trusting. It's not the fact that you're on social media. People keep leaving social media like I need to leave. I need to get away from it. No, what you need to do is trust God enough to allow him to influence your decisions, even in a social media app. Maybe I told my my nephew, shout out to Earl. I told my nephew, I said he, he left social media and he said yeah, he don't need to be there. Maybe you need to be there. But you don't need to follow the people you follow. Maybe you need to be there, but you don't need to be in the DMs or the DMs that you be in. Maybe you don't need to be all of that. 
But maybe you still need to be there to share truth with people, to follow other people who are sharing truth and be focused more on them. Instead of changing who we are and allowing God to influence our decisions, we just bail. We just bail. We just jump out. And that's not what God is calling us to do. He's calling us to trust him. And instead of trusting him, we'll rather just not do. There's people who, like, they don't even try to deal with people, not even in any type of form of relationship. People see that I, I'm single and stuff. They're like, oh, are you afraid? I'm No, I talk to people all the time. I engage with people all the time. But I'm not afraid. I can engage with them. But I'm engaging with them influenced not by my desires, but influenced by God. I let that influence my decision making. The Bible says bad company corrupts good character. There, you got to choose better friends, but that's a decision. And how can you choose better friends based on your desires? You're going to choose better friends based on the word of God. That's why he said bad character corrupts good character. And that's the the reality that we're at is that we are constantly in a place where we have to make sound decisions. And the person that allows us to make those sound decisions and allows us to put ourselves in that position is God. We have to allow that. That has to happen through reading the word. So when I trust in God and lean not to my own understanding and those two things go together. It's almost as if I understand it as when I'm trusting in God, I'm trusting in him. That means I'm actually putting myself or my my life in a situation where I no longer lean on me. See, what was in our boardroom before Christ? What was in our boardroom before God? We were. We were at the head of the table. Our understanding Visualize it. The CEO, the head man in this boardroom is your understanding of things. My understanding of things has led me wrong many a ways. My understanding of things has always put me in situations where I only saw my side. I saw my desires. I saw my plans. I saw what I wanted to do. That's not going to lead us to good places. If you're honest. You found yourself in a place you didn't want to be by doing things you thought you needed and wanted. You didn't know, you didn't understand how those things connect, but I need you to understand. You're in the situation you're in not because you're 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 like Job and, and you've been uh, put upon with a trial. No, a lot of the situations that I see that we're in, me included, are because of the choices we have made. And when we make these choices, we make these choices, they lead us to a place, we arrive to a place we were not intended to be. God did not intend us to be. His scriptures say that. He did not intend us to be there. So I don't no longer lead to my own understanding. And then the next step is I acknowledge him. That's the boardroom. Acknowledging happens in the boardroom. God is in with us on this group project. 
But if we don't listen to him, he's smarter than all of us in the group. You might hate that he's smart and try to act like you're smart, but you're going to end up getting us a failing grade. Let's let the smart person direct us. That's the type of person I was. I was lazy, too. But I always made sure I was in a group with a smart person that knew better than me. And I acknowledged them and I said, yeah, I hear what everybody else is saying, but what say you? What do you think we should do? And that puts us in a position to, of our greatest success. If we do this, if we trust him enough to lean not to our own understanding. If we trust him enough to acknowledge him first, not after we've acknowledged our desires and our emotions. But if we acknowledge him first, what say you, God, about this? Let me look in your word about this. I mean, the Internet is so amazing. You can type in anything relating to life and put in scripture and you can get scriptures that tie in with what you're talking about. Not scriptures you bending to make sense to your where you're comfortable, because I promise you, if you're in this world and you're not making enough money, you're not comfortable. You're scared. It's time to own it. And people should stop hiding behind scriptures. Come on, we're in tough situations. We're in tough times now. We got to start to wake up and make better decisions. They cannot just lead us out of this COVID situation, but it can lead us out of all the mess we in into places where we no longer stumble. It's decision-making, choices. You have to make them every day. But make them influenced by God's word. See, he will direct or influence our path. Path is another word for decisions. Direct is another word for influence. If I trust him, lean not to my own understanding, acknowledge him, he will influence my decisions. So much of those scriptures involve decision making on our part. It's not just God. Our decisions must show we trust God. Our decisions must show we trust God. They must show that we are not we aren't being influenced by our own understanding, which is our emotions, our experience and our opinions. And that we are acknowledging him, keeping him in mind, acknowledging him, keeping him in mind. The Bible tells us, he said, uh, he will keep him in perfect peace if he keeps his mind stayed on God. This is part of our staying on, keeping our mind stayed on him, keeping him in mind, keeping him in mind when we make our decisions. We will have been led and directed. In a proper way. Trust. And acknowledging God. Will lead you out of poverty. Not because he's going to route. Just magical numbers to your account. But he's going to show you the way. He's shown me the way. I, I have been so blessed. In the opportunity, opportunities. That are afforded to me. Even in this time of COVID. People are reaching out and calling. And and I know I, I I know it can seem like disconnected and you could be like, that's just you. That that's just your hard work. No. God influenced those decisions. The decisions to do things. 
the decisions to study things, the decisions to engage with certain things. The minute I let them in the boardroom, everything about me changed. It no longer was forest business, but it was a corporation taken over by God to do the father's business. That's what happens in the boardroom, whether it's me or you. We all need to spend time breaking down the decisions that led us to where we are. And as I close out, I want you all to think now, what in the world got you here? To where you're at. What got you there? It's so easy to say. This is the path God has me on. No, 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 no. The path God has you on. Would be one that's reflected from you. Trusting. And acknowledging him in all your ways. But since you know you wasn't doing that. This is not the path God has you on. This is the path. You have chosen. So I'm challenging you guys, break down the decisions. What got you unemployed? Come on now. What got you without a degree or a means to have a career? What got you angry and frustrated and resentful and bitter? What got you depressed? What got you so over overtaken by addictions, alcohol, drugs. What decisions got you there? Go deep. Go so deep that you start dealing with the decisions your parents made. It influenced you. Go deep. Understand the decisions that led you to where you are. And once you get there, Pay attention to how little, how little of it included God. Pay attention to how much of it included your understanding and leaning on your emotions, leaning on your experiences, leaning on your opinions. Pay attention to it. As you get to that point, now you can start to see where God wasn't. And now you can start to challenge yourself to understand where God need to be. Understanding that it is decisions, not God that brought you there. And it will be decisions Guided and influenced by God that will bring you through. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. Be encouraged. That's episode 145. The boardroom. God bless everybody that every blah 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 blah. God bless everybody that listens. Shout out to uh, Antoinette. Special shout out to Antoinette. Love you very much. So happy that you got a healthy baby. I'm just so proud. I see the work.
God has done so long ago being unveiled when it counts. That's it. Episode 145 of the boardroom. Real Church Matters. I'm Forrest Hall. Obedience over audience. God bless.